It's 2002. Your favorite show with the steamiest of sex scenes has launched its season two, but you can't afford cable and it's not out on video yet. So you do what any reasonable person would. You meet a stranger online and agree to meet up to buy bootleg VHS tapes. This is real sex. Ooh, that sugar sweet. You got what I need. Sipping on the potion. All that good emotion. This is Real Sex with Dr. Noel. I'm Dr. Noel Pomeroy, a clinical sexologist and licensed mental health counselor. I'm going to be talking to guests about sex scenes from movies and TV that they find the most memorable. Maybe it's because it caused them to have some sort of personal epiphany. It could be a scene they watched a hundred times for research purposes, or it could have been the first thing they ever learned about sex. Let's find out. Today's guest is a very special person. She's someone that every time I talk to her, she puts a smile on my face. And she's also a clinical sexologist and a licensed clinical social worker, Dr. Samantha Robinson. Dr. Sam, thank you for coming. <laughs> that was such a great introduction. <laughs> you know, oh, one of these you. days I'm going to have someone on the show that I don't like, and I don't know what I'm going to say about them. This is a person, <laughs> they breathe oxygen and in fact, take up about five foot seven of space. I don't know what I'm going to do on those days, but it's, so it's delightful when I have someone like you on here that I can uh, be excited to see. So thank you well, for coming. Exciting. Thank you for having me. This is so cool. The first program you brought to me as a sex scene that kind of caught your eye was from Bridgerton, the mm -hmm. Netflix series from 2020. Yeah. So that whole series was empowering and phenomenal when it relates to sex. But there was one particular scene in season one, episode three, where Phoebe was masturbating. And, you know, prior to that scene, the Duke, um, basically, you know, what was happening was a love story and it's a coming of age um, love um, shenanigan where <laughs> he was looking through, um, you know, she was ready to get married. And so, you know, like in that time frame, there were lots of parties so that, um, all the women can meet all the men and she caught her eye on the Duke. Um, yeah, this is and, supposed to take place in what, like maybe like the 1800s. Yeah. But it was super modern back in those days. Sex was super taboo. I'm sure like more mm -hmm. taboo than now. And then also um, the Duke actually told Phoebe to masturbate and to see how it was. Yeah. And I had... should point out the actress's name is Phoebe. The character's name is Daphne. Daphne. Yes. Yes. Um, so she was instructed to masturbate. And, you know, during the, um, the scene, she was in her bed and she was exploring her body first without touching herself. And, you know, she was exploring all of her, her body, like her shoulders and her chest and her stomach and her legs. And mm -hmm. while that was happening, she was having fantasies and they were popping up of her and the Duke. And then she ended up, um, you know, going towards her genital area and ended up orgasming probably for the first time. Um, and like, to me, that was super cool to have on TV because female masturbation is something that a lot of people don't talk about even still to this day. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like 
it's stigmatizing for some reason because it's a stereotype for a man to jerk off, but it's not anything normal for a woman to masturbate, but that's not true, you know? So that being on a TV show that had gained so much popularity in this past year was super cool and normalizing for females to touch themselves yeah and I also liked that they didn't have her inserting a bunch of stuff inside of her she was really just using clitoral stimulation which is pretty much what it takes for a lot of women right what I find really interesting about this show in general besides the fact that everyone was just wonderful to look at because everyone was so attractive (laughs) yes (laughs) I'm looking at you Duke what was fascinating to me is I think it was one of the first times in that I have seen in a like old timey set show where the female character was not given any information about sex by her family, by her mother, by any of her peers, because you didn't talk about that kind of thing. Obviously her brothers weren't going to be telling her because that was improper. You couldn't even Uh be alone with a male except for your brothers. Right. And so when she and the Duke do get married, there's a lot of lack of information that she gets really angry about because Mm -hmm. as the story goes on he doesn't want to have a baby so he is using the pullout method Mm -hmm. of birth control and she thinks that's just how sex happens and then she became super angry with finding out how um you know how babies are made right and so she figures out that the reason he's pulling out is that he doesn't want to have a baby have you ever heard the joke what do you call two people that use the pull-out method of birth control no what is it parents because <laughs> it's ineffective that's a good one all that pre-ejaculate it has live sperm in it feet people it's gonna right i don't know if you've noticed the debate from daphne being angry about finding out about how babies were made and the duke pulling out where she kind of pushed him to ejaculate inside her and the debate is is that rape or is that is that okay is that normal yeah that's a good question because there's a scene where she after she finally figures out that ejaculating is what gets you pregnant it if you're inside somebody so she wraps her legs around him tight enough that he can't remove himself right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's your idea on that Sam what do you think I personally think that when someone isn't consenting, that it's like 100% non-consensual, possibly, you know, like the term rape probably comes into play here, but, you know, like it's traumatizing for somebody to be in a situation where they are not consenting because you can always take consent back when that consent is taken back that boundary should be respected. And, you know, the Duke became angry and distant and, you know, but then he came to a place of acceptance that I really think that that was an instance where there was non-consent. And, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. some people are saying that that's okay because it's a man, you know, a man Mm. will suck it up. You know what I mean? Well, I think a couple of things that complicate it is, first of all, her lack of information, you know, she knew so little that it's possible that she didn't even know what she was doing is wrong. Right. So that's a possibility. 
as well as there, what muddies it up as well as there was some deception on his part too. Yes. She knew she didn't have this information. So he felt like he was doing, he had an agenda and he wasn't filling her in on it when Mm -hmm. he was pulling out every time. It's just a messy situation. Yes. Pun intended. (laughs) Yes. Especially with that pullout method, huh? Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like the the cool thing about that whole series, it kind of normalizes masturbation. It normalizes sex. It normalizes diversity. With regards to sex, one of the things that cracks me up, I think it's episode six after the Duke and Daphne get married and then they're having sex everywhere in the house. (laughs) There's actually a scene where she is on a ladder and he's performing oral sex lower on the ladder yes and i was like that's not safe (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking uh not safe not comfortable i don't have a hard enough time standing on a ladder without falling off let alone oh my gosh yes (laughs) i get so scared about ladders anyway like just them being in press like in my presence i'm like oh no (laughs) so i'm wondering if you are sitting on a ladder and someone is performing oral sex on you and a black cat walks under the ladder what happens? Oh no, I'd have a panic attack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) The next show that you mentioned is also on Netflix, a mini series, Sex Life, that came out in 2021. Oh my gosh. Starring Sarah Shashi. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was like super spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so the, the thing that this show is the most famous for, and I will admit um, in episode three, around the 1958 mark, you see her ex-boyfriend's penis in the shower and oh, yeah. he's more of a shower. He's not so much needing to be a grower. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I had gone back to that particular scene several times because For I wanted purposes. See- yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I wanted to see if there was any Photoshop related things going on, because, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't think in my life I have seen something that long. Wouldn't that be very unpleasant to have to cart around all the time? I'm sure. It seems, you know, like I've done research quote (laughs) and asking men about how it feels to kind of hang out with a penis right because Mm -hmm. I just I don't have one so I don't know the experience and so the majority of people that have talked to me about it have said that it's no big deal and it doesn't get in their way unless it's erect and then with that the shower scene seeing how like it's probably like down (laughs) it kind of seemed like it was down towards his middle thigh yeah (laughs) I'm like okay so there were a couple scenes where he was wearing like speedo looking underwear and it wasn't like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I don't know (laughs) I know there's been some discussion in the media and they get the actors get asked in interviews as to whether that was a prosthesis for the Mm. show and they say you know a gentleman never tells so yeah it's a prosthesis I'm sure I think I think it would be a tremendous problem to have a penis that large because that's overwhelming for most partners Mm -hmm. uh, vaginally anally orally and it can't be fun to walk around with half a baguette in your pants yes 
I guess, can you tell me a little bit more about what brought you to sex life? The basic dynamic is that Billy was getting bored with the sex that she was having with her husband, Cooper. And she had a past where she was very risky and had lots of spicy, hot sex um, in many different places, like the pool, the club, um, the movies, home, you know. Public, every- lots of public sex. Yeah, with her ex, Brad. When you're in a marriage, sometimes things become complacent. And so she was feeling bored. Um, and she didn't communicate this to Cooper at all. And what she did was she wrote down in her journal all of the sex that she's ever had with Brad and was fantasizing about it. And so Cooper finds the journal and reads it. Oh. And he decides to play out all the scenes that Billy wrote down in her journal. Did she like it? She liked the first you know, like the first couple of times, but then she was like mad about it because she was then realizing what he was doing. You know, everybody is different, you know, with like the way that you connect in sex and like there might be that partner that has like the hot steamy sex and like the best orgasms. And then there's that partner where the sex is like more intimate, loving, connecting, Um, And then maybe you'll have awkward sex in your lifetime. And so, you know, it was interesting to see Billy get angry about the way that Cooper was acting because she was then realizing that um, everybody's different. And, you know, like she was becoming more accepting of the fact that marital, being in that marriage, the sex was more intimate and connecting despite it being more quote boring. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I notice a lot with clients who are in a relationship and they are kind of melancholy about how it differs from maybe a previous relationship they had where maybe the previous relationship was really hot and steamy and maybe the concern is that their current sex life in their long-term relationship isn't as steamy as it was when they first got together. And I have to talk to people about how that's really comparing apples and oranges. Yes. That doesn't mean you're capable of the same level of feeling or with every single person you're going to meet. And it doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything wrong. And also the hot steamy relationships that we look back on and fantasize about like, wow, those were, those were amazing. If only that could last for 18 years. No, it doesn't last for 18 years. I'm sorry. Like (laughs) those are usually catching lightning in a bottle for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. I doubt Billy and Brad were together for 15 years. They probably were together for a short period of time and had hot steamy sex. And that's what it was. Uh, A colleague had told me that when you're in a long-term relationship, there's good sex weeks and bad sex weeks or good sex months and bad sex months. And and that's just how it it flows the longer you're with somebody. And that's one of the ways I see some issues with the prevalence of porn in people's lives now and the accessibility of it is because when you're watching porn, there's no bad sex days that at least you observe. Uh, no, that you're watching it's always there's always climax there's always 
risky behavior is always lots of serotonin. Um, I'm sorry, not serotonin. There's always lots of dopamine being pushed through your brain when you watch porn. It's always satisfying for everyone in it. And you don't see the reality of that because it's obviously fake. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fictional. Mm -hmm. So when people watch lots of porn and then they see they have like real encounters with people that are either not as good as they were last week, or maybe not everybody climaxed, or maybe someone wasn't as into it. We think, oh, well, that's not right. Because when I watch this, everyone's happy all of the time. Mm -hmm. And we start to compare. And I see that causing a lot of problems in couples. Right. And then, you know sometimes the sex isn't good and sometimes it's kind of strange (laughs) to see your you know see your partner do something different without communicating that you're going to do something different like I'm all about the communication piece where like you know if you're going to do something different let me know (laughs) you know in a sexy way obviously but yeah so not in a formal letter from an attorney yeah no like (laughs) (laughs) So because you were going to be on the show and you are a fellow sex therapist, I wanted to talk about a scene that was really significant for me and in a way that I've never really had to describe out loud before. So here I go. Uh, There's a show that premiered on Showtime in 2000, I'm sorry, 1999 and aired through 2005 called Queer as Folk. It was about a bunch of gay males in their friendship in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of sex on this show compared to anything I had ever seen. Now I'm a straight female, but I love me some gay love stories. I have always been into gay love stories, not necessarily women, men. I think it's because I really appreciate an attractive man. So the idea of two attractive men being into each other Mm -hmm. is really fascinating. So in the first episode of Queer as Folk, one of the main characters' name is Brian. He's about 29 years old. And he picks up a young man outside of a club named Justin and brings him home for what is Justin's first sexual experience. and. I watched this scene dozens of times and not in like a, I then like got freaky with myself, watched it. I was (laughs) just fascinated with this scene. I don't know if it's the power dynamic between Uh the older Brian and the younger Justin who ends up being 17, which is its own issue. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that gay men had sex face to face I had always been Mm -hmm. under the impression that one person was behind the other kind of like in a doggy style one of the men could put his arm his basically his feet above his head and the other man would have access to his anus from there Mm -hmm. and so I learned that from this scene so I feel like it really awoke something in me I don't understand necessarily what it was but and I also learned a lot from this scene oh yes Um, I haven't ever seen this show before until you had introduced it to me. Like, I just loved it. I was like, oh my God, God, like, wow. Um, especially on like public television, you know, you see all the porn stuff and that's like a whole nother 
set of conversations. Well, it was on Showtime, which at the time was, you pretty much had to go to Showtime or Cinemax to kind of get some edgier material. Oh, yes. Although, you know, HBO (laughs) did have some as well. But Sam, let me explain to you how obsessed I was with this show. So I first saw it when I rented season one from Blockbuster Video. Oh, I remember Blockbuster. (laughs) So (laughs) in 2002, I was living in Milwaukee. So I'd rented season one and was obsessed. I think that the, because throughout the show, there's an ongoing will they, won't they with Brian and Justin, and they always have sex, but it's whether they actually have legitimate feelings for each other. Yes. So I was so into the show and season two had come out on Showtime. I did not have Showtime and it wasn't at Blockbuster yet. So this is what I did. I, this is how I found a forum like Craigslist didn't even exist back in 2002 that I'm aware of. I found some random forum where there was a guy, I met up with a guy somewhere in Milwaukee who had recorded them off of Showtime onto VHS. He even put little like decorative queerest folk wrapping around each. So it looked like a legitimate VHS Uh tape. I met this guy like seven o'clock at night outside of a grocery store. And I purchased episodes one through six from him of season two. Yeah. I don't even know how I found the guy online. (laughs) I was that desperate. I probably watched it like six or seven times before we started talking. I think you gave that episode to me like last late last night at like eight or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it like six or seven times and then we're here this morning because it was cool yeah I was like yeah and how many times are you gonna watch it later today Dr. Sam you never know (laughs) (laughs) but I loved how Justin like expressed how he was feeling and then Mm -hmm. how Brian was comforting like that was amazing I was like ooh this is how it should be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been really awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. If you want to, we now have some official Instagram. We have uh, (gasps) at real sex pod, R E E L sex pod. We're also on Facebook at real sex pod, but of course you couldn't spell sex out on Facebook. It's R E E L S X P O D. Oh no, you can't. And we're even on Twitter. You can't spell out sex. No, you can't. Not on Facebook. Good Lord. Because you might cause people to have sex. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Well, Dr. Samantha Robinson, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. You too. This has been another episode of Real Sex with Dr. Noel. Feel free to turn up the lights or not.